You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dell podcast, 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 podcast. Okay, so we still suck. <laughs> Been uh, what two? This is the this is third season since eighteen nineteen. Oh my god, this is the third season since we were fucking first in the West, and then we decided to go in the opposite direction and plummet into the standings. Plummet. I remember the off seat, that off season was pretty exciting. You know, we were like, Oh sweet. We're probably going to trade for a leak and get somebody really good and be awesome. And then just been the exact opposite. We have not, has he had one move that's made us better since 1819? I mean, he's had three years to improve the team. Yet every move he makes seems to do the opposite. Well, it's pretty funny that like people are freaking out about people freaking out about the preseason. Um, guys, it's just preseason, guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. We won't we won't pay attention to the last fucking twenty seasons. How we it's like can, we can never start on time. We look like ass. When was the last time we had a winning record in the preseason? Maybe feel, if we ever. I feel like fucking, we're always terrible in the preseason. We're always terrible in the preseason. We're always terrible in the first hand games of the season. We're just terrible. And every, ah, like I was saying, everybody's, everybody's freaking out on the people who are freaking out. But it's like, if you've watched this team for any extended period of time, like, you know, this is, this is a, there are some big time red flags. Like, Listen, um, Rasmus Anderson sucks now, I guess. Like, that's just the thing. If you can't gauge how the start of season is going to start based on what you've seen in training camp. How are you supposed to gauge it? You think it's just a mad, you just magically flick a, flick a switch now that it's the regular season starts. Oh yeah. It starts on October 16th. Uh, that's when it starts. It's like, no, what you have seen leading up to regular season is probably going to be a decent indication of how you're going to see this team start. Obviously you don't have all the guys in the lineup, but wouldn't you like to see Someone on this roster carry this team without fucking Johnny Goudreau. I like how, I mean, Sutter said it himself. You don't have a lot of goals. And you have goals that are out of the lineup, meaning Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monahan. So picture this team without Johnny Goudreau next season. You saw well, dude, last yeah. night. Oh, exactly. Can't or, fucking right? score. Have you seen all, what, what games have the Flames looked good in? The ones where Goudreau has been playing, and like that's it. Like he get he 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 takes a slash from Duncan Keith the other night in Edmonton, um, and leaves the game, and they promptly blow a three goal lead, <laughs> and suck. It's like the the six or whatever periods of hockey Johnny Goudreau has played 
have been like the only worthwhile watching. And again, it's preseason. I know every Daryl said it's preseason, but I mean, half most of the guys who are expected to play on this team in the regular season have been playing and have looked like ass. Like again, outside of Gaudreau and Shillington and Tanev, and the outside of the players on this team who are good, who has looked good? No one. Like Vladar, I guess. Vladar. Vladar Shillington. But Vladar and Shillington have been like the only standouts. Dewar, Godden. Yeah. I don't see. I, Dewar and Godden have done more for me in three weeks than I've seen from almost three years of Barrage. Oh, totally. All right. I was thinking about this, and I, I will not throw Gerbranson into this category. But as far as Richardson and Lewis go, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to go through pretty much the team as a whole, what we've seen in preseason, doing a bit of an evaluation. So we're getting ahead of ourselves. But if you're looking at the fourth line, I look at the fourth line, you know, what it's projected to be this season, Lucic, Richardson, and then Richie slash Lewis. What have these guys done all preseason? Have they done anything? I mean, Lucic threw a body check last night. Lewis, I honestly, I haven't noticed him once. Richardson's been all over the ice, but I mean, he is what he is. He's He's been not good at all. He's a fourth line player. He's okay in his own end, I guess. Doesn't do much in the offensive end. And then Lucic, maybe he's waiting to get amped up, but I mean, he's going to be relegated to a fourth line role. We're not going to see the same amount of kind of Lucic potential effectiveness that we have as we have in the past two seasons where he's playing, you know, third line minutes and sometimes more than that. But I was thinking about it and just to push back on, on, you know, the whole Lewis and Richardson thing, because Sutter is adamant. He's adamant that these guys are fucking key to winning. The only way that I can see that being true is if you stretch this thing out over 82 games because I think what you're going to get from those guys is consistency, right? We said we sit, they are what they are, but you know what you're going to get. And maybe over 82 games that works in your favor. If you're Daryl Sutter, you know how to manage this group as opposed to having Walker Dewar mm-hmm. and or Glenn Godden over 82 games, you know, they're more like injection players for a short period time period. They can have an effect, but it's kind of like, Dubé loses his effect when you stretch him out over 82 games on the top line. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of the way I was, the only way I'm thinking that maybe it's going to work in the way Sutter is adamant that it is going to, is that maybe we have to look at this thing as throughout an entire perspective of 82 games. And I think that's what we got to do. Like as fans, this team isn't going to be very exciting. Now, if, they're, if you're not experiencing a lot of exciting highs, chances are maybe you're not experiencing as many exciting, non-exciting lows. So maybe it's not going to be as you know extreme up and down as we've experienced in the last three, two, three seasons. Maybe it'll be more even keel. So I think we just have to remind ourselves that we you have to look at this from an age game perspective and just hope and I guess trust that Sutter knows what he's doing and then over 82 games of this, hopefully we it's enough to put us in a playoff spot. Yeah, his big thing is it's not about whether you win or lose, but whether you're winning or losing. So um, great point. Great and point. he's all about – he's what Sutter is about is establishing a solid foundation to then 
increment incrementally add and grow from. So that's all he's trying to do this training camp. I mean, I listened to his post game after last night's loss against the Jets. Dude. Oh. I come on here and say, yeah, you're not going to experience up and downs. It's weird, dude. Every coach that's come through this organization in the past seven years has said the same thing. This is a weird group. I don't know what their problem is. They can't motivate themselves to be consistent. I don't think they've had the proper coach. Now they do. It's going to be interesting to see what type of King Sutter can iron out in terms of getting these guys prepared for every single game. You come into the first period last night against the, the Jets. My God, dude, we've seen this play out how many fucking times in the last three seasons? They absolutely lay a fucking egg. Don't show up. They get outshot like what, 20 to fucking three or something like something Yeah, like that? I, I looked at it like midway through and it was like 16 to three. I'm it was worse by the end of the period. You're down to nothing. You're like, it's almost as if you know when you do the drill and practice where you're you're letting the you're letting the power play unit practice. So you gotta flip your stick over. It's like we were playing with no fuck it's, or the sticks flipped over. Just kind of like eh, Winnipeg just passing it around the horn, just fucking skating circles around everybody, just fucking get tons of shots in net. Like the fuck. Sutter after the game says, Yeah, they look tired. And maybe he's chalking that up under it's training camp. We're not trying to be prepared for each game per game per game. Where he's maybe he's got a bigger vision in terms of just getting ready for game one. I can buy into that. I think, I believe that he knows what he's doing to that capacity, but it still doesn't prevent me from being concerned from what I've seen so far, especially when you get into some of the individual evaluations we'll get into on this podcast today. Are they tired or are they just really slow? Cause that's, that's kind of what I pick up on when the flames are getting kind of picked apart, like, um, you look at what happened on the, the Ehlers goal and even the first goal, it's just like slow. They're slow getting to every single puck. Like that first goal, Tough. what is what is everybody on the ice doing? Like, number one, what is Gabranson doing? <laughs> He's like one. up on the half wall, like by the blue line. Yeah. Like, have you Morrissey heard? just walk right into the slot. Have so, you heard of gap control? Like, geez, Eric. dude, what are you doing? And then I, Ehlers burned him. Ehlers burned him on that uh, on that slap shot goal where he just goes zone to zone. I don't know what Rasmus Anderson's thinking. It's just like I don't know, Daryl. That didn't look like they were tired. It just looked like they were bad and slow. <laughs> bad and slow. So those are the red flags you're talking about. The um, I mean, they come back, make it two two. Chucky gets the ball rolling again. I mean, let's spend a bit of time on Chucky because if you're looking at the preseason as a whole, I mean, outside of Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, and Andrew Mangiapane, the rest of the team is pretty below replacement or pretty damn close to replacement. And it just so happens those three players – don't have contracts next season. The thing with Kachuk, though, like to me, that like it just blows my mind. He's not been made the captain yet. Like, if you like, who like watch the games? How many games have they played? Six, five? I don't even Something know. Like that? I think Chucky's played what three? Maybe like you're te- you're telling me of all those games, you can watch those and tell me that anybody other than Kachuk should be leading this team. Like, give me a break. Like, what a joke. 
He's the guy that gets it going again. Every single night. Who gets I mean, it going? I mean, last last season, we can't necessarily say that because, you know, by the last third of the season, you're like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Because the, the two seasons prior to that, he's always the guy. If you're down, kick starts to come back. Or how many game-tying goals does he have? It's probably where he scores his most amount of goals to get you back in the game. Does it again last night. And there's still people arguing. I mean, somebody on Twitter last night said, yeah, but, you know, it takes more than just getting points. You know, you got to be friends with everybody and, you know, good off the ice. I'm just like, Kate, that's not the point. Getting a point, getting a goal. It's not getting a, 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 a big time goal or a game tying goal or get your team. It's the fact that he's the guy driving the fucking bus. And to me, you slice that back. Like that's, that's leadership. That is leadership. I don't give a fuck what you talk about in the fucking room. Who gives a shit? Anybody can talk about whatever they want. When it comes down to it, he's the fucking guy driving it. It's so easy to talk about winning and talk about, Shit, like how yeah, we've, we've we saw heard that for it. 28 years. We've heard Giordano it from Giordano, Backland, Monahan. They, they are really good guys. They love to talk about it, um, but they don't do I'm, shit half the time. So I'm so sick of hearing these guys talk about it, dude. So sick of it. Yeah, and I mean, if, if the thing that I'm always left impressed with, similarly with Sutter, with Matthew Kachok, is like, Anytime I hear him reflecting on this team or analyzing this team or breaking down stuff post game, like he is so dialed in to what's going on and he knows he knows what the fuck is up with this team. It's just like not only is he a great leader with what he does on the ice, but he knows like he knows what's the issues with this team and he knows where they go wrong. You hear him talking like I didn't hear anybody talking about what's wrong with this team in preseason other than him who's like, "You know what?" Since I've been here, we've sucked to start the season every single year. Thank you for, for fucking speaking for the fans. Nobody exactly. else will do it. Everyone else just talks about how, oh, it's great to be back, you guys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Great back to be back on, in the room, yeah. yeah. What's back on saying? Oh, yeah, it's great to be back with the guys out. Yeah. Like, it's just, give him, like, it's so dumb that he's not captain. It's so dumb. And he looks good. That play he yep. made to Godden last night, that was a yeah. That was a great well, and the and fucking the game tying goal, which is absolutely fucking robbed. Oh man, flames. like that, come on, like totally come on, give me a break. Like, you want to talk about changing the rule of icing so it's in the spirit of the game? Yeah, like what is this? Like, if you if you pause it on a fucking freeze frame, it's about two inches above his shoulder because he's hunched over. I, I will never understand. Like, somebody needs to do this research, like how many blatantly stupid goals callback that the flames have like they must lead the league by like a fucking oh, yeah. mile over the past 10 years that's the dumbest shit and this is the thing with like high sticking is like did you see how do you know how hard that is to do how much skill it takes to make that play okay and not only that it's like he 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 corral he like lacrosse corralled it to himself passed whoever that was in the slot to then turn around and make the play accept the goal that was unbelievable. Yeah, and yet again, unbelievable he's, play. he's the guy. Basically, if we call that a goal, 
because you don't have, I mean, that's a brand new rule. They're going to review every goal in the last one or two minutes. Now somebody was, saying. that's so NHL. Like, give me a, so NHL. give me a break. Like, did and, they call and, it, did they call it on the ice? No. Why didn't they have all these goddamn rules in place when we should have won the Stanley cup 20 years ago? Yeah. No fuck. Eh? Or when Sam Bennett scored against uh, the ducks in the, in the, in the, like the exact same play in 2015 in the playoffs. Like God, like, so stupid. But he's the guy. I don't give a shit. I mean, you don't need to be friends with everybody. Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're a leader, you're not. You think Messier was just like fucking, you know, chumming it up with his teammates in New York or, or Edmonton? Give me a fucking break. He well, says, here's where the bar is at. If you're not here, you're going to hear about it. Give this guy the fucking C right now. And yeah, it's just this peewee bullshit. Like, and again, like to, to us fans, it probably matters more. Like the thing that Daryl is like, I don't give a shit who's captain, like, <laughs> which I kind of appreciate that philosophy too, but it is kind of like peewee dumb shit. It's like, oh yeah, let's just, let's just have three A's and just make sure that we give the captain seat to the guys who's the nicest. Like, give me a break. That's like the epitome of this organization to me is like fucking commit to something for once. Like, you're telling me, given you were talking about his contract status, tell me, giving him the C doesn't incentivize him or or make him want to stay in Calgary more? Like, come on. If he's on any other team in the league, he's their captain without a doubt in my mind. Let's, um, you were, you were, we were just talking about this. Friedman had, um, was it Chucky? Yeah. In his, in his, uh, whatever, 32 thoughts regarding the Shane O'Brien, or he was on the Shane O'Brien. Tell me what you're talking about. Well, he was on Miss and Curfew, which is like a spin and checklist podcast with Shane O'Brien and uh, Scotty Upshaw. Which, they were, by they the were way, interviewing Chucky. as a reminder, Shane O'Brien's the dipshit that apparently leaked in the summertime that Chucky wanted out of Calgary and wanted to go to St. Louis. He's the motherfucker that started the whole thing. And uh, you'll remember he played for Calgary. O'Brien, I can't I be O'Brien. <laughs> So um, O'Brien tries to pretend like he didn't say Matthew. So uh, I just watched the beginning of it because they just released it this morning. Go listen to it because Chucky is such a good listen and he's more open than he is on other podcasts, obviously. But O'Brien's like, no, oh, Matthew. Oh, oh, I never said that you wanted out of Calgary. I never said that. All I said was I like the blues and I think you would be a great fit on the blues. It's like bullshit, dude. Okay, throw it in. It's going in. Would you be interested in a Tarasenko and leaving St. Louis, my friend? Uh, I think his time's up. I, I got a little uh, rumor, I guess, here, Cools. And for Dwayne, I got Tarasenko going to Calgary for Tuchuk. Uh, I heard Tuchuk wants out of Calgary. Tarasenko time's up there. I think that's a trade that could happen. Uh, and then, obviously, Seattle an expansion team. Anytime you could get a guy like Tarasenko on an expansion team, the way he shoots the puck, it could happen. But I think... There could be oh, yeah. Be- Word on the street is he wants out of Calgary. He wants to go to St. Louis. And I'm here in Kachuk. Oh, St. Louis. I, never sa- I never said that. I never said it. So apparently he bumped into Kachuk. Go listen to the podcast. But apparently he bumped into Kachuk at a UFC event in Vegas. And Kachuk uh, ripped him to shreds for it. Because Chuck, he said, he's like, it's the f- two weeks into the offseason. And my phone's buzzing. I'm getting getting in shit from all the flames management and all the PR guys saying, what the hell's going on? And it's because dipshit McGee is out spouting his mouth off of stuff. He doesn't know about. Ridiculous. So 
Chucky looks like he's ready to go this season. Yeah. I like, just hope yeah, that, it's... like, like from what I've seen so far, man, I'd be starting Johnny and Chucky together because, oh, ab- without a doubt, dude. Like, I, I, I don't man. think we've talked about it on the show yet. We talked about it on a live over the weekend, but the biggest bright spot though, thus far this season has been the the Gaudreau Chuck Lindholm trio when they've been playing together, like. They were unstoppable in that game. I got to say, Coleman has done next to nothing for me so far this preseason. Yeah, I've seen zero from Blake Coleman, and he's having a hearing today for that hit last night, which was a pretty bad hit. Um, That was like like Nazem Kadri hit, dude. Yep. Um, those are usually always a suspension. I would imagine he's going to get. I don't. Does he get right? Do they? They probably suspend you for regular season, right? They're not going to suspend you for pre-season. something like that. I I would see that being suspendable into the. It's probably at least one game, maybe two. Depends uh, if he kind of made contact with the body, didn't he? Or was the head the principal point? That'll be the big. That'll be the big thing. Yeah, it was his head. But if you get a hearing, doesn't that mean you're going to get a suspension? I think he gets an in-person hearing. I don't know. Is it in-person or over the phone? I think it is a hearing hearing. So I'm sure he's getting getting something. But So the only – and outside of that hit, which was dumb, it was, it was a dumb hit. But then after the fact, because the Winnipeg guys kept on goading him, then I finally see some life from this guy. Look, yeah. I get it. Sutter's been saying he's not playing in many preseason games because he played 26 26- – you know, playoff games last season, wherever the number was. Sure, I get it. But I have yet to see anything from this guy. And I'm not saying he's he's not going to be great. I'm just saying what I've seen so far, I don't know. Have we pumped this guy's tires too much or is it just too early to tell? It's probably just too early, right? It's too early. But again, like the only, the only encouraging things from this preseason thus far is Shillington looks really good. The Gaudreau... Lindholm Chuck line looked really good. Vladar looks good. And like, that's kind of it. So Mangiapani is going to be good again. Yeah. We know that. So he's going to find that, a group. that goal. They scored on the power play last night. Holy shit. But like poor Mangiapani, he's being victim to like having a rotation around. This is who, who are, what's this line? Well, how come we never saw the Monahan have Monahan and Gaudreau even played in the game at the same time yet this year? No, we have yet to see any reps between the so-called second line of Johnny, Monty, and Mangiapani. Yeah, which we were all stoked, which we were all stoked to see. I don't get when when Sean places one game, why wouldn't you put that line together? And if you're not, if they're not getting any reps, then why don't you have Backlund in there getting reps? Yeah, you have no, Sutter has no idea if this line is going to work out. We have yet to see it. You're just, you're just hoping and trusting. I don't know what the deal with Monahan is. Is he injured? He must still be like nursing something a little bit because he and Hannafin have barely played. Okay, great. So instead of game four, he goes with an injury. He's now already injured before the, the fucking season starts. Great. Real great. And let, like, cause they haven't really been explicit about like, they like, again, like I'm, I'm sure, but he's like, what? He played one game. That's it. One game. And right? He didn't he's... play last night. I didn't he, see the game last night. Fourth line. Yeah. And I think Sutter just shut down his minutes after like the first period. So I don't know. It seems like something's going on there. But, like, when isn't something going on with Sean now? So, big surprise. My point is, if there's any question mark about it, why aren't you preparing a second line that doesn't include him just in case for the first 10 games he's not 100% or he can't even play? Well, it does beg the question why they've been – Dubé's been playing at center a lot. Maybe they're – because why would they be doing that unless they're anticipating Monaghan 
um, maybe not being ready to go or something. Cause he played center again last night. Um, and I don't know. That's something we've never really seen before, even though I think shit, man, I I've always, I haven't been advocating for Dubé at center, but it's something that's always, I've always thought that, well, he, he played center and junior. Why don't they try him at center? Seeing his team sucks down the middle. So maybe that's why they're preparing for Monaghan to be out. Oh, I don't know. So the other thing that, um, cause we were just talking about this Friedman, he said he likes Shillington. What did he say about Shillington? Well, he was just talking about how much he stood out this uh, this preseason. So it was, in, it was in Friedman's 32 Thoughts column this week. He says that he um, was really impressed and Shillington piqued his interest because he's just been so good. He had the 25-minute game against the Kraken. Uh, and he's not waiver exempt, so it looks like he sh- should be making the team. And like, Jesus Christ, he should be making the team. <laughs> So if you hear Daryl talk about it, I think it was before the Winnipeg game, he's talking about the deep pairings in Shillington and Valimaki. And it sounds like, what? why can't they put them together? They got to split them up because they shoot the same way. Well, yeah. So Shillington can play right side. Shillington has stated similar to Brody. I remember this. Maybe he was just saying this. He's like, please let me get in the friggin' lineup for once. But he was saying like in Sweden, he played the right side and actually likes the right side a lot. So... I get they want to go righty lefty, but I mean, dude, at this at this point, at this oh, point, man. Shillington's your best left-handed defender. Like if Hannafin's even remotely hurt, like he's your he's your top. You should be your top pairing guy with Tanf to be perfectly honest, because everyone else is stunk. Like Sutter has not been impressed with Val Mackey, nor have I been. Uh, I haven't his, even fucking noticed him. Yeah, in his post-game press conference last night, he didn't call him out by name, but he might as well have because somebody asked about Stone and. Uh, Sutter said, yeah, his partner has to be way better. And I agree. Like, I have seen shit from Valimaki. Yep. I have not noticed him, I guess, on either side of the ice. But if you're not noticing him on the defensive side of the ice, it's a good thing. But if you're in training camp and you had a dog shit season the, the previous season, you better stick out a bit. Like, like fuck. What's yeah, this guy's like, problem? I don't know. Like, he's not – He's he certainly, like – at this point, the Flames defensive, the preseason Flames defender rankings goes like this. Shillington and Tanev, and then you give Hannafin a bit of a pass because he's been hurt and he'll be fine. And then it's like a huge gap. And then you have Anderson and Valimaki and Gabranson and like Stone in a clump. And you expect two of those guys to be terrible, but you don't expect Anderson and Valimaki to be terrible. Like they were, they're counting on those guys. This like huge. And they've both stunk. Like, I don't know who is more who is more worrisome. Probably Anderson because like he gets paid the big bucks and they're relying on him heavily. But like, dude, did you watch Rasmus Anderson last night? Get walked like four times again? Dude stinks. Dude, why he's he man, why didn't he work on his foot speed? Or like he must have missed the memo or something. If you're Rasmus Anderson, what did you do all summer? I'm curious. Because, like, it was literally foot speed should have been the only thing he was working on. Especially, you know, explosive backward skating. Like you said, his and his side-to-side agility, man. Shillington is, they're worlds apart. Him and Shillington, they're skating. Worlds apart. This is a skating league now. Well, he just looks bad. There's a couple of plays. Again, I didn't get to watch the game in, in the entirety last night. But on, on the Ehlers goal, his gap control is terrible. He lets Ehlers just walk right in and blow it by the dark. 
there was a penalty he took. Did they score? They, I think they scored on the ensuing power player. They might've scored on that play, but he just gets beat by a jets player, like right to the front of the net and has to hook him down. He got walked a couple times. Like, it's just like, man, he just looks like he's really slow and his reads have been way off. And he just looks his all around game just looks really bad. It's just kind of incredibly, but it's just weird. He's, he, he's turning into one of those guys where he, when he gets it in the offensive zone, you're like, okay, well, this is not, nothing's going to happen here. When he's on the power play and they pass up to him and he winds up, you're like, okay, well, nothing's going to happen here. No, totally. Like, it's just a fucking buzzkill whenever he gets it now in the ozone. It's very concerning. That That is, that, I mean, the game he played with Hannafin was his best game. But man, oh man, like if you have, and if you have him and Zadorov together, it's just, I, it's not going to fare well this season from what we've seen in the preseason. And that, that to me still remains the biggest red flag is Rasmus Anderson's play. Cause like he's been getting, like, again, you can say it's preseason, it's preseason all you want. But when you're Rasmus Anderson and you're supposedly, you should be a top two, top four defender on this team, you're getting dummied in preseason by like half the time you're playing against AHL players. Like that is not good. <laughs> Oh man, Zadorov! Did you see his penalty? Yeah, I saw his penalty. Jeez, dude. Look, outside of that, he was okay. But I mean, we talked about this when you first signed the guy. He's gonna have to fucking figure that out, man. You, it's one thing to take penalties in your own end when you're defending, but when you're standing in front of the opposition's net as a D-man and you blatantly cross-check someone from behind. You just can't help like, yourself. I, I, I just don't understand how people do dumb shit like that. I don't understand it. Like, how big is this guy? If you're that fucking big and you cross-check someone from behind, they're going to go down. Are you fucking brain dead is my question. I do not understand it. Sam Bennett used to do this. Michael Backlund still fucking does it. I do not get, is it just like, you're so exhausted physically that your brain completely shuts off. Like there's zero blood flow going to your brain. Yeah. Like he has no, no discipline, dude. There's no reason for you to even a B in front of the net. What are you going to do? You have no offensive fucking punch to you. Sure. Maybe the puck's going to come to you, whatever, but why would you cross check somebody from behind when there's absolutely like the guy, like the, the puck wasn't even coming to him. Completely this, fucking brain dead. This is why he has the worst penalty differential in the NHL over the past like five years or whatever it is. And then that's the wing. That's the game winning goal. Of course. So like, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm preparing myself for a long fucking season right now. It's going to be a lot of nights like that. I think where they lose by one goal. And probably a lot of other nights where they win by one goal and they kind of just squeak into the playoffs. Um, because again, they, they did, they did have a bounce back. They played pretty good in the second, I guess. And I mean, they scored the game time goal. It was just disallowed because of an absolute shit call. Um, like why is Toronto phoning in about that? What is What is with that? That's the deal. They phone. Oh, Matthew Kachuk just made a great play to tie the hockey game. Make sure that doesn't count. Yeah, well, like, apparently any fucking little thing. I but mean, I th- look, I get, yeah. I get the point behind it, but still, I mean, we already talked about it. You literally have to freeze frame it, and it's what two inches above his shoulder, and he's hunched over. 
like in the that, spirit of the game, like totally. how does it's, that, I get it. If it's high and he whacks it down the ice, he just fucking corralled it like a lacrosse stick. Yeah. And again, like it's similar to the offside thing, right? Like slowing it down to a millisecond, like one millisecond frame, like, so you can, and it's barely offside by like a millimeter. Like that's not in the spirit of offside. Give me a fucking break. But I think what you're seeing to me in the preseason, uh, I think what's being made evident is how um, this team is kind of just taped together. And let's say Gaudreau gets hurt in the regular season. You're fucked. You're so screwed because nobody's going to be able to score. Let's Let's say say Chris Tanev gets hurt. Let's say Matthew Kachuk gets hurt. God forbid multiple guys get hurt. Like, this team is being held together with like scotch tape. And I think you're seeing that man. Oh man. It's going to be a hard, this team's going to have a hard time scoring goals. And if their defense as currently constructed continues to play this way, it's going to be a tough, it's going to, they're going to be in tough to make the playoffs. Like dude, Dan Vladar had to stop like seven, 16. He made 16 saves. What did he make? 15 saves in the first period alone. It's crazy. It's no good. Let's touch on the Oilers game. Hey, folks. Sorry for the interruption. Just a quick message from our sponsor, DraftKings. This week, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. You probably not a safe bet if you're watching the Daryl Sutter Flames, but hey, doesn't matter if it's a one-timer or a deflection, however they score, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. That's for us Canadians as well. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Throw it on $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. So this week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. you got to be 21 years or older in NJ, Indiana, or PA. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back to the show. I mean, they they looked good when they had a 3-0 lead, but then <laughs> you're you're sitting there and you're like, 3-0 lead, probably going to lose this game. Right? I can't think of a team who's, again, it's probably just magnified because we watch them all the time, but how many times, if you're a Flames fan and you've watched them over the past three years, you guarantee you can think of like at least 10 games where they've blown a 3-0 lead. Oh, there's there's no lead unless it's late in the game. If they, if they get these guys get an early lead, it's not a good thing. No, it's it's worse. They're always better. If they have an early lead, it's 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 lights out per, usually. They can yeah. they don't have any killer instinct at all. No. Nope. And then uh, the Oilers tie it up. They win the game. Um, and I mean the the most notable thing from the game is here. Here's the thing. Again, you get back-to-back, back-to-back goals. Like, how is that not goalie interference is my question. That's I, what Daryl said. Daryl's like, what? They asked him what he thought of the call. He's like, bowled our goalie over. 
Goalie they're literally bold. Like Connor McDavid removes him from the net. Like if you want to oh, call Tanev for tripping and disallow the goal, sure. We have, we have instant replay. If you slow it down by one frame, it's a trip. Come on, if you if you watch that in full speed a million times, well, you, you, there dude, is no trip, dude. Just, and, okay, is it a trip if Connor McDavid like would you, would it be considered a trip if Connor McDavid? Skates fucking 700 miles an hour across the ice right into Chris Tanev's stick. In this league, if it's Connor McDavid, yes, it is. I guess that seems pretty self inflicted. Like, I posted the meme of the kid who's riding his bike and sticks a broomstick in his own spokes and is mad that he's hurt when he falls over. That's McDavid. 100% it is. I'm just gonna skate really fast right into the floor. Oh, wow. I skate in hockey. Wow. There's, there's no sticks oh, man. on the ice. Somebody touched me. Oh, and then he's all no one. No, wait, wait, no one should be. No one should be touching me at all. I don't want to have any contact because I'm going too fast. And if I'm going that fast, like it's like, just dangerous. move, guys. Just move. Hey, hey, if I start skating that fast, just get out of the way. Otherwise, it should be an automatic penalty. And it's too dangerous. As soon as you see uh, Sportsnet has the the odometer up for the McDavid thing they always put in the game, which I think is the dumbest thing in my I've ever seen. As soon as they should put that on the jumbotron, and as soon as the opposing team sees that up, oh, Connor's clocking it at forty. Everybody move. Tanev puts his leg down to take away any passing lane, but dipshit McGee has to fucking skate fifty miles an hour down the ice and then cut to the center of the ice right in front of the slot where everybody literally is. There's lots of legs there. There's lots of sticks there. It's the, it's the kid that puts a fucking broomstick in his own spoke. And then he bitches about it afterwards. Well, again, I'm so sick of this guy bitching. Here's the thing, Connor, you got your fucking goal allowed. Then you score on the power play. You got two fucking goals out of that play. Yet you're still fucking bitching about it. Connor McBitch. What else that's, do you want, right? Like that's that, the latest. If that if that's a goal, which I don't agree with, then fine. But like you said, the fact that he got everything you wanted, and then he's still whining after the game. Oh, Connor McDavid's very upset. Yeah, why? You, know what? you got two goals out of it. What are you upset about, you bitch? What Chris Tanev did is not dangerous. Chris Tanev played defense. What you did was dangerous. You fucking idiot. Stop your bitching. I don't want anyone to play defense against me. No, no. Too dangerous. It's too dangerous. Did you see? Um, I mean, obviously his comments. I like. Oh man, the circle jerk continues. Eh. Oh, dude, it's never ending. It's unbelievable. And and what's funny to me is that nobody talks about the fact that Johnny Gaudreau had to leave the game because he got slashed by Duncan Keith. No, we're going to hear Johnny bitching and whining. No, we're going to laugh about that. (laughs) Took a good one off the fingers there. (laughs) (laughs) He's never had that injury before. (laughs) He's never had his hand broken by a slash before in his life. (laughs) Yeah, he had to leave the game and didn't play again last night. And even though he's fine, 
I don't hear Johnny Gaudreau after the game with all the reporters around him jerking him off, going, <laughs> Duncan Keith slashed my fingers. I just can't believe that the the media narrative after he says that is, oh, good for him. Yeah. Oh, he's protect oh. the stars. It's like, oh, protect him so from re- what? He's opening his mouth now, finally. Oh. Like, what about when he uh, elbowed Yasperi Kakanyemi right in the face? Or he did it to Matt Barzell, too, I think, a couple of years ago. Like, nobody says shit about it. Like, to say that what Chris Tanev did by standing there as a hockey player. By playing defense. is dangerous. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Sarah Velli, who I used to like, now I don't. Do you hear him going off? No. I think he just had his the, the biggest orgasm he's ever had in his life. <laughs> this is so great. Oh, oh my. It's almost as good as Connor McDavid. You know, you it's know, the best be- ever. He's starting to speak out now. Oh my God. Oh, he's guys. so brave. So wow. brave, Connor. Oh, Connor. And then uh, it's just like, dude, the other sense. <laughs> oh. Okay, we know they're delusional, but my God, man. And then it's funny because when when Connor skates a million miles an hour, cuts to the center at the ice on a dime, and there's a defender there, and there's the slightest bit of contact, and he falls, and he complains about it. It's the it's the fucking oh oh my oh we should maybe just take hitting right out of hockey. Whereas you watch- where's the discussion on hitting? It should oh, we probably shouldn't have it. No, Connor McDavid doesn't like it. We should get rid of it. And then and then obviously those videos of his cheap shots start circulating. Every single time he cheap shot someone, I watched a thing, there was four of them. Uh Mo posted it. He drills somebody from behind. I think it was uh was it Oduya? Or I think it was or uh elbows them in the face. Oh, that 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 elbow on Cockney oh, like literally he almost he did. He leapt off his feet to throw an elbow. But when you watch those plays, the announcers, they're not even like, oh, that was a dirty hit by McDavid. It's just like, oh, well, you could see what he was trying to do. Uh, you know, he's he's trying to just push him off the puck, but uh just a little too much, just a just a tad bit too much. Like, there. did you see that boarding one he threw on a guy on Dallas? Like it might have been Alexia or something, just like plasters the guy in the numbers 20 feet away from the boards, like almost yeah. breaks his neck. And they don't yeah, say shit. Yeah, no. And the and the elbow, it's just like, oh yeah, I guess there was a oh yeah, a little tiny bit of contact. It was with the shoulder though. Oh, that was the other one. It's just like you listen to the it's just Sheer defense of this and guy like imagine dirty. Okay, H- how many dirty plays has McDavid made in comparison to how many dirty plays Matthew Kachuk has made in their careers? I guarantee you, Connor. Like there is literally one dirty play, two dirty plays Kachuk's made in his career. That's it. He elbowed Doughty and he speared that guy <laughs> on the bench that one time. But Connor's have been way more dangerous if you look at it. And no, everybody wants to crucify Matt Kachuk, but nobody says shit about Connor. Like he's headshotted at least two guys, Letty and uh, Kakanyemi. He's boarded many guys. Like he's he's way he's he's made way more dirty plays than Matthew Kachuk. I I I guarantee it. Unbelievable. Plus he's so friggin' ugly. I can't even stand the sight of that guy. 
I like how it's just like the game needs to be easier for me. Yeah. Like it's, it's not easy enough. Like it's too hard. Like, I, I, don't I, does anybody remember? Like, remember how much shit Sid used to get about this? Yeah. Right. Like, and, and he was like legit targeted. Totally. Like, Connor's like a rich, spoiled brat kid who, like, when is somebody going to drill him? Is what I want to know. Oh, exactly. Somebody needs to just peg him, clean open ice hit. You know, I like how he throws that elbow on Cocky and Yemi, and it's just like the Habs don't even feel like they can go after McDavid. Oh, they can't. The, the world would lose their shit. And that was like, didn't he elbow somebody else on the Habs? Like, he had previously elbowed, I yeah. think it was in the bubble or something, maybe, or he had just laid, just he somebody did, yeah. else, just terrible elbow. You're on the blue line, yep. But, like, man, it's just, it's it's so pathetic. It's pathetic. They Like he said, I would need it to be easier. Like, I remember when Sid was coming up in the league, and everybody hated on this guy. On Coach's Corner, Don Cherry would just rip him to shreds for, he's like, shut up, you can't whine every single night. And every it was, like, all agreements that Sid is a whiny bitch. And like nobody says shit about Connor when he's Someone's way dead. more, way more annoying and way more dirty. Imagine if Chucky drilled him. Oh, I know. Imagine if Kachuk drilled him clean. You, you know, he wouldn't be allowed to. He would not be allowed to. He would probably get a, a match penalty for hitting, for just drilling. If why don't they just make a new rule? If you touch McDavid, you get a penalty. How about yeah, that? That's a good idea. If you defend him, you get a penalty. Unless you, unless you, yeah, if you touch him in any in any way, if you get but within imagine, six feet of Connor McDavid, you get a penalty. Imagine though, you replace McDavid with um, Cassian. Not to say that McDavid could get caught like that, but imagine if Kachuk caught McDavid like that, the world would end. It would stop. It would cease. They to would. Exist. They would. They would uh, suspend the NHL operations forever. They'd never be allowed to play hockey. No one. The sport of hockey would end. That'd be it. So we see them again, game one, I think. What do we get? We have, fuck, man. Last, so last season, what, we play three games and then we get a fucking week off? And they're getting games days off to start of the season? Well, hopefully they don't pack it in, you know? Because remember, they had that week off last season and they were just like, oh, that really screwed us up. Oh, yeah, we couldn't really get back <laughs> to our uh, the remaining 52 games after that. It was all, it was kind yeah. of over then. Anyways, they're playing the Oilers game one. Um, October to no October sixteenth is it? Yeah, October sixteenth. So we'll, we're going to see how this how this is going to play out. But well, I'm really curious because we were talking like, like again. If you watch this preseason, it's a lot of it's been really hard to watch. The red flags have been oh, there's been a lot of red flags. So I'm really curious to see like what does this team look like night one of the season are they going to be ready to go for once because they have one more preseason game it's tomorrow like you said they get a bunch of days off and then it's kind of hectic for the first week the first week so if they're tired like apparently they were last night like i just just start good like for shit's sake just start on time this year is it that hard is it do you think we're, I? Do you think we win game one? Throw your your prediction right now. Oh my God, I'm gonna say no. So. I gonna say no. you can't. I can't bet on them. I cannot do it. It's in Edmonton. It's on Saturday night. 
It'll be on Hockey Night Canada. It's one of two things. They're probably going to get blown out is what's going to happen. I'll say one of two things happens. It's kind of a tight affair, low scoring until the third period, and then Edmonton walks away with it. Or Flames come out and take the lead like they did, like yeah. a 2 nothing lead, Boy. and then they still and then they lose the game. <laughs> so I think I, you think either one of those two scenarios. Oh, totally. Like, man, I, I would love nothing more than, again, it'd be nice if the tables returned for once and they're in Edmonton on Saturday night, opening out of the season on Hawking in Canada and beat the living piss out of them. Like, when's the last time that's happened? Never. Is Gabranson going to play in game one? Apparently, he can't be separated from Shillington. So. Dude, I don't know how they could justify doing that. Like, Stone it, Stone has been better than him. Like, come on. So like, how's Gerald, how does Daryl do that? I, I, I don't know. I think at this point, Daryl would probably be leaning more towards Gabranson than Valimaki, though. True, hey? And Shillington's been better. So, yeah, probably Gabranson and Shillington start game one. So, we'll see the next, like, again, tomorrow's the last preseason game. I don't know. The questions are really what does the defense look like? And if guys like Glenn Godden make this team, I think Godden has made enough of a case to at least be on the team. Oh, he's been better than Richie. Imagine if uh, Godden was playing in the top six. All yeah. Like I don't really, goals would he have for, for all the, for all the talk about how much we shit on like uh, Richardson and like even Lewis being mad. I don't get what Brett Richie brings to this team. His underlying numbers have been okay. Well, most because he's been playing in the top six. But I st- when I watch him play, like he does, he brings nothing to the table for me. He's not fast for being a big physical guy. He doesn't hit it. Like I just don't get. It. I don't get the Brett no. Ritchie love affair. I, really I mean, don't. for people that make the argument, oh yeah, he's gritty and he's tough. When? Yeah, like when? Like exactly. like does he does he go in the forecheck and absolutely cream somebody? No. Does he create turnovers with his physicality in no. the corners? Does he own the puck down low with a cycle? No. No. Does he fucking make a giant open body center ice fucking enormous hit? No. Does he fucking sc- get into the scuffle and rough guys up after the whistle? No. Has he had one fight all preseason? No. I don't get why he's the utility guy. When yeah. there's injuries in the top six, so this is preseason still, but still, he's been the guy filling up all the holes in the top six now. I don't get it. Why is he the guy? Why wouldn't you put fucking? Why don't you put one of those young guys up there? Yeah, and like you said, those those are the kinds of guys you want to be injections into the lineup. Like you're telling me a Glenn Godden, and again, Glenn Godden's done developing. He's what 24 years old, so I, I don't think there's a fair argument to say he should either be playing full time in Stockton or playing full time in Calgary. It's like no, he could be a perfect utility guy who, when you need an injection into the lineup or somebody's hurt, he comes in and would give you way more than what Brett Ritchie brings to you. So. Meh. So, I mean, if we're looking at preseason, the top line with without Johnny, it seems like the top line they're going to start with Chucky, Lindholm, and Coleman has been okay. I mean, Chucky's driving that line. Chucky's been great. Lindholm is kind of yeah. Times, I haven't at, yeah, I haven't seen much time, of Lindholm. At yeah. times, he kind of goes an invisible. Yeah, unless someone's feeding him in the slot. Except he made that amazing pass to Johnny on the tic tac toe. Lindholm definitely comes to life more when he's playing with, with Goudreau. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that's what we've seen. Um, and even if you look at the numbers, Goudreau and Lindholm are better together. They're f- okay apart, but both of them have better numbers when they're together. So I think the best way to utilize Lindholm is with, with Goudreau. And I mean, I guess Kachuk, like that's the thing about Kachuk too, right? Like he's made so many slick feeds. Like you forget that yep. his skill set is probably more in line with like Goudreau. Than like Lynn Homer or Monahan, who's a goal scorer. Like Chuck is a great playmaker. So 
I think Lindholm has to play and will play with one of those guys, probably both, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how, again, with how little we've seen of Monaghan and how good that top line looked, I don't know how you don't start night one with that top line. Together. I mean, look, that top line has been the best thing we've seen all preseason. It's been the okay, other than Vladar and like Shillington, it's been the only thing. It's been the only cohesive thing that has looked good. It's been the only thing that outside of like individual performances that has really worked. We touched on the fourth line already, but the third line, I mean, Backlund's been awful. Dubay's been Dubay. He's kind of like. And he's been playing at center too. So. Yeah. We'll see how where that know, goes. I don't know. And then Pickle gets injured. It's going to take Pitlick a while to, to get going, man. He's basically missing training camp. Well, and the thing off. is, the thing is that, again, like I said, this team being held together with scotch tape. Like, even Pitlick being out fucks a lot of stuff up because now you got to have, like, what, Richie there? Like, exactly. and the, the reason Pitlick is there is to be with Backlund so they can be a monster de- defensive uh, play-driving unit. And, like, now you don't have that. Now you have slow-ass, crap-ass Brett Richie on that line. It's just, like, any injuries <laughs> exposes the lack of depth this team has to a large degree. So, I don't know who you put on that line. I don't know. A lot of this hinges on where Monahan's at as well. Uh, he was a big uh, wild factor, obviously coming in, and I mean even more so now. Like, has how, well, I haven't heard any report on him. No one I haven't really heard anything, him. and I'm curious people, why. Yeah, like nobody asks. People are asking why Coleman's not playing very much. Why did nobody ask about Monahan? Maybe yeah. we just missed that. Did he get married? What's the deal with Sean? We had <laughs> a pact. No, but there's that picture of uh, fuck man. Gaudreau gets married at the <laughs> wedding. There's a Monahan like way in the back, all by himself, with his hair all like poofed out. He has a goatee still. He just looks evil. He just kind of like looks like a deer in the headlights. Like we had a pact. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, but I don't know. There's still again like they have a they have a pretty big uh, chunk of time before they play. But there's still a lot of questions, which is kind of, it's like, I'm feeling very, I think that's where a lot of us are at, where a lot of the questions we have going into the season are still big questions after a few, after like what, five, six preseason games, right? Is it seven? I don't even know what it is. But I think that's why there's so much collective freak out on Twitter, online from us, because like the questions that we have are still like, holy shit, these are still big questions and preseason is done tomorrow. They've played some good hockey, but they've played a lot of shit hockey. And so I think that's that's where the worrisome comes in because that's all we've seen in the last two two seasons. It's like this is the same same thing we've been seeing. Nothing seems to have shifted or changed. But I think we have to look at it from an 82-game perspective. And then the other thing, too, is manager expectations. I was sitting um, – I don't know if it was in the shower. We're going to get like a good ideas in the shower. <laughs> I'm like – because after those first few – Preseason games, I'm like, I was furious. I was like, wake up furious. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? I just need to manage my expectations. Obviously, I'm expecting too much from this team. So, like, what do you, if we're managing expectations and doing it in a really honest way, what do you honestly, what do you honestly expect from this team this season? And and not from like being a dick, not from being a fan, just like, what do you honestly? honestly expect that this team can do this season if well, you're being you ex- really real you expect them to just play daryl sutter hockey 
And, and, and we're, how do you see, what kind of results do you expect them to get? I think you expect them to be a middle of the pack team that should make the playoffs in a shitty yeah. division. My ex, my expectations is that they will be battling for, you know, seventh between six, seven and eighth spot in, in the, in the playoff contention in the West. That's, that's what I'm expecting. So with that said, they could fall below expectations and miss the playoffs. Wouldn't surprise me finish nine or 10th, or they could finish right on expectations, you know, just make it in with, with four points to spare in seventh or eighth spot, or they exceed expectations. Maybe they finish fifth or fourth if they have a really good season, but if you're really managing, managing expectations, I don't think you should see this team surge in the standings. We shouldn't expect to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Th- there's I think a. That, yeah. I just think that, you know, we're what? Somewhere between five and, and 12 games above 500. Is that. Well, yeah, there, there's a window. There's like a, a narrow range of possibilities. Right. But most of them fall into that. Middle of the pack. So when I. What, when I shift to that perspective, it, it, I, it makes me feel less anxiety about the whole thing. That's, that's all my only point. My, I don't really, at this point, all I really care about is keeping Matthew Kachuk, yeah. wish number one, wish number two, keeping Johnny Gaudreau, but it seems like the, the GM can't even fucking do those two things. Um, and then my third wish is just, just beat Edmonton. Just beat Edmonton. Yeah, just be better than the Oilers, and I'll call it a success. My fourth wish would be that they get Jack Eichel, but whatever. Okay, well, let's touch on this because that was their Friedman thing. We had a good laugh about it because apparently <laughs> uh, Brad tried real hard, guys. He tried really hard. He tried. Really you know, hard. you know when you listen to listen to politicians and like you wonder why people continue to take what they say at face value. That's what listening to Tree Living is like. Because Elliot is on Jeff, the Jeff Merrick show, which I guess Jeff Merrick has a show now. I thought they had their own show, but whatever. Um, and Friedman says that one of the teams that we knew was really big into acquiring Eichel was Calgary. Calgary tried really hard. And the thing that, again, that just astonishes me is, okay, well, then why is it either Eichel or bust or it's stone or bust? It's like you almost acquire Nazem Kadri, but it falls through and then you don't do shit. Like that's what that's what always blows my mind. It's like, okay, well, obviously, if you want Jack Eichel, you identified their need on your team. So if you can't get Jack Eichel, go get somebody like have a, another plan of attack. That's what, what you, just never what? ceases to amaze me. Is yeah, like that it, is the... we don't get Eichel, so we just go eh, and let's sign Gabranson. Like I never understand that. Yeah, where's the plan B? Where's the plan C? You were hell. Where's the plan D? Instead, you go with plan F. Fail. He failed again. Our GM failed us again this offseason. I mean, look at look at what you're seeing in this preseason. Gabranson is so bad at hockey. Sure, he's tough. He's a physical presence, and he might beat some people up. But take that with also being bad at hockey. I mean, it's pretty much a, a negative trade-off at the end of the day. So you got him. You got Zadorov. Big question mark around him still, man. Um, he, he's shown some signs of doing some things, and then you cost your team the game. You cost your team a game. So now you're left with 80, 81 games. 
How many more games will he cost you just by fucking taking boneheaded penalties? Um, Because he's not probably going to even that out with helping the team win games by scoring late goals. Maybe he'll shut some stuff down. I don't know. We'll see. But then, like, those are your – and then a lot's going to depend on how Coleman performs. He's got to be a hell of a lot better than what we've seen. And then you got Richardson, Richie. Like, it's just like, fuck. Those all equate to Eichel? Is that how that works? Yeah, that's what I I get. That's what I don't get to the people who say, well, he tried. It's like, well, then he should have had another plan because, like, as long as I've never in my work or school or any kind of life, like, um, handed in an assignment or a project or done anything where it's like I didn't hand anything in and then just say I tried and, like, not gotten in shit. Well, and and if that's what you did for your four years of university, yeah, like, every week, uh, you try. Yeah, hey, I tried. Well, did you hand in, uh, did you do a different? No. I tried to. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, I worked really hard on it. Well, what? (laughs) (laughs) Same same thing. But as long as Elliot Friedman reports that he was in on it, everybody's fucking happy. eh? Yeah, everybody's just keep them pacified enough. So I don't get it. Anyways, I'm hoping, well, man, by opening night, like, again, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous about Zdorov, like you said. Really nervous about Anderson. I Gabranson being on this team still like the D like ugh, I, I Monahan is still a big question mark. Um, what's going on in the bottom six still a big question mark. So I don't know. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered pretty early on. This team cannot not even do, it's going to be piss me off if they get off to a bad start. They can't afford to because the margin of error once again this year is going to be so slim. So slim because you're going to be competing all year with Edmonton and Seattle and Vancouver. Like it's going to be really tight. And like you said, like, like we saw last year, like, right. Like how did they, they missed the playoffs by what? Like four points. They had how many few didn't they win more regulation games than Montreal? Yep. It's always at the end of the season. You're like, Holy shit. It was really tight. It's always what it's going to be like. So you can't afford to just keep fucking up all year. So they got to come out really strong for one. Yep. And and right along that same vein, the games against Vancouver, the games against Seattle, and the games against Edmonton, you have to put even more effort into those games. You have to come even more prepared. You have to lay it out all on the line against those three teams all season long. You need to win those season series because that could make the difference, like we saw last season. I mean, if they would have if they would have beat Montreal in the season series. They would have made the playoffs. Dude, if you beat Ottawa twice so, instead of lose to them 10 fucking times, you make the playoffs. They just got to, I don't know. This is where I think having Sutter over 82 game stretch, man, he knows that he knows the vision to hold. So all I can do at this point is lower my expectations, try and relax and remind myself it's 82 games. Don't get too worked up over, you know, a five game stretch. And I'm just trying to do that while putting my faith into Sutter until he's gone at the end of the season. 